Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Highlights Foundation, offering intimate and inspiring workshops for children's authors and illustrators. I've loved each of my visits to Highlights for the time away to write, the opportunity to be in community with other writers, the talented and supportive faculty, the delicious meals and wonderful accommodations, and, quite frankly, the opportunity to get away from distractions and to write in the mountains of Northeast Pennsylvania. They've got some really outstanding workshops I want to highlight, including Nurturing Your Artistic Voice, a guide for kid-lit rebels and risk-takers, September 22nd to 25th, 2019, with Newbery-winning author Meg Medina, author-illustrator Carolyn D. Flores, and associate art director Elise Lee. And specifically for picture book illustrators, Storytelling Through Drawing, Discovering Your Visual Voice and Style, October 17-20, to 20, 2019, with James Ransom, Anna Raff, Jerry Pinckney, Lucy Ruth Cummins, and Sean Qualls. You and your career are worth the investment. Learn more about these and other workshops and online courses by visiting highlightsfoundation.org slash programs. Funny question for you. Do you know the F word? Do you say it out loud? Okay, what about the other F word? Do you know it? Do you say it out loud? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 526. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking with Angie Manfredi about the other F word, the celebration of the fat and fierce. Angie is the editor of The Other F Word, and we had the opportunity to speak briefly at the American Library Association's annual conference in June. Recorded live at Live at 25 podcast booth at the Soundgarden Pavilion in the Exhibit Hall, please welcome my guest Angie Manfredi, editor of The Other F Word, a celebration of the fat and fierce. Hi, well, welcome to the Children's Book Podcast. My name is Matthew Winner, and I have a special guest with me. Would you mind please introducing yourself by saying your name and your pronouns and who you are, Angie? Excellent. Hi, Matthew. Thank you for having me. I'm Angie Manfredi. My pronouns are she and hers, and I am a librarian and an editor. So I am the editor of The Other F Word, a celebration of the fat and the fierce, which is um, from Abrams. It's coming out in September of 2019. 
congratulations on your upcoming book. Thanks. I stopped by the Abrams booth and got to peek at it. And as I'm flipping through it, I'm, am- I'm amazed and impressed by the photos I see facing out. Yes. How? Let, let's back up and talk origins. Uh, you are a librarian. Indeed, a children's librarian. What brought you into wanting to work in publishing in this way? So I think one of the things I should make clear that the other F word is fat. Um, and this is an anthology of fat creators and contributors. And what really drew me to this is that I think that children's books have denied fat people the fullness of our life and our experience forever. And I wanted to change that. After working directly with children's material for um, 12 years, I knew that something had to change. And I I think often one of the contributors of the book is one of my heroes, Renee Watson. And I think about a thing that she did, which is when she purchased the Langston Hughes house and turned it into a center, um, a community center. And she said she used to walk by it every day and think somebody needs to do something about that. And then she realized she was somebody. And I thought that myself when I thought about this anthology. Somebody needs to celebrate fat people in young adult literature. And then I remembered that I am somebody. You and are so somebody. that's kind of how it started. I did not know that about Renee Watson. I'm yeah, that down. you should definitely look up the the work that she's done with Langston Hughes House. She basically she rescued it and turned it into a cultural center for readings and classes and and it's the last house that he lived in and she rescued it because she's amazing. Uh, clearly, yeah. I mean, her work is amazing. But to know that her work at large <laughs> matches is ama- is wonderful. Like we're gonna just use the word amazing an awful lot. It 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 totally describes it. So you know. <laughs> so before I jump in then to to how you've assembled this book or where the idea perhaps came from, I do want to mention about fat being an F word. It's, it, is it is a word that we don't say. In fact, I, I have been admonished for um, referring to people as fat mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that, I don't even know how you say that. It's a word that has become so stigmatized, even now in front of you, I almost have like sweats trying to say yeah. the word. And I and I think that that's part of the other goal of this anthology is that we are seeking to own and destigmatize that word. And I would never try to tell any fat person or any overweight person, although I hate the word overweight because over what weight? Like Thank what you. is the weight? Like what is the weight that you're over? Who set that up as the weight you have to be? So I don't like words like overweight. I don't like words like obese. Obese is a slur. Don't use obese. But if you don't want to call yourself fat, that's cool. But one of the goals of this is to remove the stigma from that word. Because one of the things I tell, I used to tell the teens all the time that I worked with was fat is just a descriptor for how I look. And it is not a moral judgment on who I am as a person. So it is no different than saying I have brown hair or I have blue eyes or I wear glasses. Fat is just a word. And it is a word that we can celebrate, but it's also a word that is morally neutral. It does not have a... A moral connotation. Your body is not a moral reflection of who you are. Yes. It is not who you are. Uh, Marilyn Nelson, the amazing poet, um, in her book, Fortune's Bones, has a line which is, you are not your body, you are not your bones. What is essential about you is what can't be owned. And I think that often, you are not your body. And that is another thing we really want to stress to teenagers. You are more than, than your body, and you do not have to be limited by what people think or say or judge about your body. And that's the real goal of this book, is that liberation. We call it liberation because it is. You're free when it happens. I love just from the cover that you are giving permission to use that word. To use that word to destigmatize it, to take it away from feeling like a curse. We, I was raised to use the phrase heavy set, which is mm-hmm. mega cringy for me. 
So, right. uh, I don't like that phrase. Well, because again, that takes us back to overweight. Why are you, heavy? like, who is setting the standard? Like, who is setting the standard of this is the weight you need to be? Who, who's, who, over what? BMI is a lie. It's a lie. Just so you know, it's a scam. It's not true. It doesn't reflect health. And also I have to add, as per usual, even if I'm not healthy, it's none of your business. So that's the other thing. This is all separated from that as well, too. A lot of people try to be like, well, that's not a healthy way to be. doesn't matter. We're not talking about health. We're talking about basic human respect and dignity. And that's another thing we really want this book to bring into the conversation for teenagers, that you have the right to be who you are. I, I, the majority of, there's 30 contributors. Um, the majority are people of color or indigenous. Um, the majority are queer. And I think that it's important for teenagers to see that too, that there is not one way to be a fat person. You're in the media and you wear a size 12 and you're, we would, the whole goal of the anthology is to bust the idea of what fat looks like. And we do that through the sheer number of contributors. Okay. So you're approaching this book. I want to make an anthology. Yes. I want to have other voices yes. of of people that can speak to teenagers, not just people who are fat and that I respect, but who also has the language to speak to children, to influence children. How how did you reach out? How did you? I'm clearly, you're a librarian. You got lots of friends. I get it. Um, so one thing is there are a lot of middle grade and YA authors included. So like Julie Murphy, Alex Gino, Renee Watson, David yes. Bowles. Um, so there are Lily Anderson, Hillary Monahan. So there are a lot of YA and middle grade authors. And for one thing, I think they already craved talking about that. But from there, I went to people who I had read posts or poems or things from that I knew spoke to a teen audience and then they wrote there fashion influencers people who took pictures of themselves the a super fat the first um, male fat supermodel runway model is is in the book ad delval so things like that of also things that you would be inspired like you would be inspired to see these people doing things so i think that was also a a criteria for you because so often they tell you you're going to be fat you're going to die alone you're never going to do anything nobody's ever going to love you nobody's ever going to look at you nobody's ever going to care about you so we wanted to show them this is the breadth and depth of fat life so comedians and uh, you know models and professors and poets, this is what your life can be if you're fat, and it can be pretty cool. <laughs> I, as I said, am astounded by the contributors you have on this list. Um, I have not yet had a chance to read the book, so I'm wondering if you might be able to highlight something from us. Also, as you find something to highlight, okay. I'll pass the book over to you. Have have your have your your children, your students, have has have kids seen this yet? Um or- I don't know if teens have seen it yet. When um, does it come out? It comes out in September okay. and it will be what right now what you and I are looking at, it will be in full color. There's AD Delval. It will be in full color and it will also be um, all of our pictures will be in full color. But if I could share one thing, I would share this poem from Miguel Morales. Can I please do it's called Does This Poem Make Me Look Fat? by Miguel M. Morales. Does it mold around my torso like a favorite tight-fitting shirt, offering glimpses of my underbelly where, when I gesture, laugh, and flirt? Does it cling to my tetas, drawing away your eyes from the creaminess and warmth of my thick Latinx thighs? Does it pour over me like water, rolling over rolls, filling every crevice that you're desperate to behold? Does it free you from the shaming thoughts you have formed, regulating our bodies by imposing restrictive norms? Does it start a revolution right now where you are at by embracing your own body fat and the calories you combat? Does it offer a restful welcome for you to stay and have a chat? I ask, smiling with anticipation. Does this poem make me look fat? 
You're the editor. <laughs> what does being an editor on an anthology look like? Um, it looks like uh, herding cats. <laughs> uh, so oh be- no, adults are as bad as children. <laughs> <laughs> so being an anthology editor means um, I talked with a lot of them about the things like I wanted to see. So like for instance, Lily Anderson, I love her romantic comedies. I think they're like so funny and great. She's written a bunch of YA rom-coms retelling of Shakespeare. So I told her I would love to see you write about like romance and fat people. And the piece that we worked on together is called How to Be a Star of Your Own Fat Rom-Com. So like or Hillary Monahan, she writes these amazing horror novels. And so I said to her, I would love to write to hear you write something like that. So hers is a piece examining how fat bodies exist within the horror genre. So it's totally different. It's nonfiction. It's, it references all these movies. So I, I, that's part of what it is. It's finding what each person has to say and how they all go together. Do you mind if I read some of the essay sure. titles? Sure. Because even just in that, you can see the <laughs> representation. Uh, Chubby City Indian... The story of my body, fat and for the love of Ursula's revenge body. <laughs> One of my favorites, that's on Julie Murphy. Make your own self-care kit. Losing my religion, you are loved. Fat acceptance is really real. I'll end with this one. I, I would read them all. 50 tips from a fat and fabulous elder. That's also from Miguel. That, so I want to also talk. Part of the reason I... There are so many voices in this that have not been heard in children's and YA before. Wouldn't you love if Miguel wrote a picture book? Like, wouldn't you love... Like, so there are so many voices in yes. here that I want you to read that. Like, Jana, Jana's piece, which is Chubby Cindy Indian, it's a YA novel waiting to be written. So the other thing I really want this anthology to do is I want publishers, I want editors, I want agents, I want librarians to read it and say, I want a book from that person. I want a book from that person. I want illustrations from that person. There's illustrators. There's four fat illustrators, which if you open the front cover, it shows you right here. There's four fat illustrators. I want them to illustrate picture books. I want them to, that's the other thing. We want to open doors with this. Showing the audience passing by. (laughs) I'll walk out. You can look at it later. (laughs) Um, I have two more questions. Okay. First, because it's beautiful. Would you mind reading your dedication? Sure. Sharing it with us? Because, come on. So the dedication to my book is, for my parents, Roy and Mary Alice Manfredi, who taught me to take this world on with fearless confidence. And for every fat teenager reading this, there is so much greatness out here waiting for you. Come find us. We love you. Angie, I'm grateful for your parents. I'm grateful that you became you in the environment you grew up in. I'm grateful you're in front of children. And I'm grateful you had a chance to talk to me today. Thank you for Thanks. putting time aside. Thanks for coming and inviting me. And have, this is so cool to be in this booth and do this. It's so, amazing. Final question, ready? Okay. I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them? We can bring to them from you? I can. And it's actually, I wrote an introduction letter, and it's what I say over and over again, and it's this. Your body is perfect. Yes, yours. Exactly the way it is right now in this second. Your body is perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani. Dot com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. 
you can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Right. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.